Good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church, everyone. We're so glad you're here. All right. Cooler weather. Who's excited? I mean, I love the sun, but it's nice to feel a little cool, right? All right. Hey, it is a good day to praise the Lord. Amen? Is it a good day to praise the Lord? Amen. Hey, that's what I want to hear. Everybody stand up. Let's praise the Lord together.
Okay. The only one who can go ahead and be seated right now is Bo and Chuck. The rest of you stay standing for just a moment. I want to find out something. How many of you, and I mean something special this week, God did for you? And you know it was God doing it. How many did that? Let me, let me see. You know what? Great is the, when are we going to learn? When are we going to learn that great is his faithfulness? I'll tell you, I had three major things happen. Not that I worry about him, because I'm the pastor. You worry, and that's sin. That's wrong. I'm greatly concerned, and that's, that's the difference. But God worked out three major things. God worked out a major thing for both, for sure. And according to the testimony a moment ago, several things. Great is his faithfulness. Amen. Oh, preacher, but the election. All right, let me tell you something, Jerry. God bless you for running. Let's give her a hand. That is not an easy thing. God bless you. God is in there, right? What about Lisa? Maybe. Okay, still. Well, they got to find some more ballots. So. But let me tell you something. God, regardless of what happened Tuesday... God is still sovereign. Amen. God is still in control. On Wednesday morning, I got up, the sun was rising, and, and I had a flower that bloomed that I just planted, and that was cool, and the sun set that night. I didn't starve to death. You can tell that by looking. I know. God's just God all the time, and you know what? It may be, and this is a sad fact, I believe, we may be in the point of judgment upon our sins. Because the majority of the nation, if the polls are correct, the majority of the nation is anti-life. They're, they're for having little babies slain in the womb. It is uh, anti-God's prescription for marriage. It's anti-God's prescription for a man and wife uh, relationship and, and the, the intimacy. Uh, a bunch of confusion going on. So, you know what? Uh, hang in there. It could get a lot rougher before it gets better. I believe in the pre-trib rapture, but I'm going to tell you something. Things could get really bad before the tribulation even hits. It could get really bad. So let's just give God all the glory. Let's go ahead and bow in a word of prayer right now. Our gracious Heavenly Father, great is your faithfulness. Father, you resolved many issues for evidently for many people in this building. Lord, you took care of things that, that quite frankly, we were anxious about, we did worry about, we were concerned about. You took care of them as you always do, and you always will. Not always to our liking, not always the way we wanted it done, but always the way that it needs to be done because you can do no wrong whatsoever. So, Father, we rejoice today. Our heads are lifted up high because we serve a God who is all-powerful and because we're his children by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless this meeting together today, we pray in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said a hearty, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And if you are a first-time guest here at First Baptist Church, either uh, maybe the first time or first time in a long, long time, would you do me a favor? These connection cards are in the seat backs in front of you. Would you take one of those out? And would you take a few moments? There should be a pen also there. And fill this out. And you can put prayer requests that you have. You can put change of address on it. You can put uh, questions that you might have. Whatever it is that you'd like to use this for. And then when you get through with it, you can either hand them to us. Or you can take them and drop them in the box next to the double doors on the left side. That's where our members put their tithes and their offerings, their gifts to God. So we just want you to put this in there, and thank you so much uh, for being here today. Is Grant back there in the back? Is he? Oh, he's sleeping. He's, he's on East Coast time, but I hear Grant's in town. So, uh, yeah, good for, good for Gary and Rachel. God bless you guys. We're glad for that. Uh, and, and also want to make a couple of announcements. Hey, for all of our workers, volunteers, staff members, everybody else, I know this AB 506 is a pain. I know, oh, man, we got to take a little class. We got to go ahead and, uh, and, and do some quizzes. It's for the opportunity to be able to serve God by, worship, by volunteering, by helping, by serving in the church. And I took the, the exam, took the class and exam. Uh, AB 506 requires it. My wife did it. She got a perfect score. I took the exam. And uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it with that. 
Uh, but uh, if you're a volunteer, if you're a helper, if you're a staff member, if you're a worker, you need to, to do that. Julie can hook you up with the on, online. It's about an hour and a half altogether, but you can do it in segments. It takes, the first one is the longest one. I think it's like 25 minutes, uh, and then you get it all done. And it's the multiple choice questions are pretty easy. My wife did get uh, 100%. Uh, yeah, and I passed. So... <laughs> So I hope you'll do that. It's for the opportunity to be able to serve the Lord together. Military meal after this service next door, or right on the patio, rather. So you're invited to that, all the active military. Check our bulletin for other Bible studies throughout the week. Next Sunday, preaching on three, four different titles, three different titles, Amen, Angel of Jehovah, and Anointed. We're in a series on the names and titles of God. We finished the Old Testament. We're in the New Testament now. Uh, and then November the 20th, next Sunday, we're going to have Baptism Sunday. So we've got, I think, three people that are ready to be baptized. If you would like to follow the Lord in believer's baptism, it may be the last time this year that you get to do so. If you have been born again uh, and you have not been baptized by immersion, uh, you say, that's pretty narrow. It's, uh, talk, take it up with God. Uh, <laughs> Uh, then, then we would be happy to do that. We'd be happy to baptize you. So let us know, and we'll we'll make arrangements for that. Bring a change of clothing. Bring uh, a towel, and we'll take care of baptizing the Lord willing next Sunday. Our youth, we're getting it. We're going to do a, a kind of a makeover on the patio, and we're going to get some new curtains so you can see actually see the screen. Uh, and then we're going to fix it up and put some youth-oriented things on there. So uh, we're gonna, it's going to be probably in the neighborhood of $5,000. The, the curtains and so on are going to be 3800 We know what the contract is on those. We're going to get a bigger screen so they can see it uh, better. And if you want to help out with that, we would appreciate it. But we're still going to do it no matter what. Uh, just want to let you know about that. Saturday, this Saturday, our teens have a backwards dinner. Have you ever been to a backwards dinner? Anybody ever been to a It's when you start with dessert. For me, that's just called dinner. <laughs> but for some reason, other people call it a backward dinner. And, and then they wind up with a salad or hors d'oeuvre or whatever. So uh, that'll be this coming Saturday. Jason and Jennifer have all of the details about that. We are privileged to have, and if I could borrow, Rosie, your microphone, because your, yours is the one, I think. And we're privileged to have with us today uh, missionaries, um, the Kellys, missionaries to uh, a lot of different missions up and down the coastline. And so, Dennis and, and Brandy, would you come and share with, what, with the people what the Lord's doing for you? Good morning. As uh, we look around, uh, I think I recognize maybe uh, 10 people uh, from when we were here. Uh, we, we were members, uh, we joined way back in uh, 2014 uh, when we were stationed here. Uh, retired uh, Navy chaplain, and uh, God called us to do mission work, um, to, and we do pastoral care to missionaries in the field uh, rather than ha them having to leave the field to get that care. Uh, we go to them where they are. Uh, unique thing about our ministry, our ministry is called Ancurios International. Unique thing about it is that we do it from our sailboat that is our home. We've lived aboard there for seven years. We had uh, initially planned a three to five year mission work and we're going into year seven. So I guess that means God is, is doing something. Um, but uh, yeah, so retired uh, chaplain and, uh, and God called us to, to serve, to help, to um, to minister to missionaries, to do pastoral care and uh, physical, spiritual, mental, whatever they need um, in the field. So I will add this last year, we um, took a year of furlough, and so we were off the boat in northeast Texas. Uh, we mainly went to get our oldest, Hope. Um, many of you remember her and have already asked about her. She is still there in her second year of college. So and we spent that time, um, I received a couple of certifications in missionary kid care and um, preventing some of the, the things that happen to missionary kids and third culture kids. And uh, Dennis worked on his doctorate. And uh, without going into a whole lot of details about that, it's um, really to help missionaries to avoid burnout. And there's a lot of details, and I know he'd love to share that with you. And so things that are really um, helpful for what we're doing and how we're helping missionaries. And uh, during this last year, we were able to um, become a fully 
um, recognized nonprofit, so 501c3, so that's pretty exciting that we are now official. And uh, we spent a lot of the last year just staying in touch with the missionaries um, that we've already been working with, as well as working with a lot of pastors in that local area. So still doing the same thing, just it was a different venue, um, on grass instead of on water. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, God kind of gave us a, a vision for uh, what's next. And uh, we think that right now that is um, still the boat, where the boat is out of the water right now in Puerto Penasco. We're getting it back, uh, ready to go back in the water this week. Uh, we're going to head to some missionaries in San Felipe and, uh, and make our way south along the, uh, the Baja Peninsula and over to the mainland. Uh, and then, you know, look into the future. Um, we've actually been approached by a number of people about doing something similar to what we do uh, from their boat or from an RV kind of thing. And so maybe God is turning us into a, a sending agency to leverage some of our experience and, and skills uh, to help others do kind of redeem their recreation or their retirement. Um, so, um, with that, uh, expansion, that future, you know, that, that's, um, more ministry, more opportunities. Um, we, we do want to, um, invite y'all to, to partner with us, uh, in prayer, certainly. And, uh, and we've got some, uh, some prayer cards that, uh, we'll, we'll pass if you want one, take one, if not pass it on, um, and there'll be some in the back afterward. Um, and, uh, yeah, we would love to, uh, share more about what we're doing. Uh, we, you know, I'm to respect our time here, but, uh, we've got a lot of stories, a lot of exciting things we could tell you about. We, you know, we'll be, we'll be here after kids are set. They know how the, they know the deal. We'll be here till the, you know, till the bases leave and maybe they even toss us the keys and tell us to lock up. But. <laughs> Thank you. Wait just a minute. A point of clarification, Brandy. You say, uh, instead of on the water, you were on grass. Well, that needs to be explained in California. In California, yeah. Yeah, you're in. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. So if you, so if you want to have, Bo gets it. So if you want to have, if you want to have part in their, in their ministry uh, financially, take one of the prayer cards. It'll tell you how to give it. It's 501c3 tax deductible. Oh, Dennis, would it be okay if I gave you a check right now? Would that be okay? No. Okay. <laughs> God bless you guys. Thank you. Good to have them with us. We love this family very, very much. Uh, also, I understand we have a, a guest of honor, a VIP, another VIP in the auditorium. And I think it was back in the 70s, uh, Joel and Franny Miller, um, Joel pastor, the First Baptist Church. And I don't know her, but where is she? Would she stand up? Would she stand up right now? Let's give this lady a big hand uh, of applause. God bless you. And Franny, when were you when were you at uh, First Baptist? Oh, 59. Oh, 69. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much for your... How long were you here? Uh, that is great. Well, thank you so much for coming today, and thank you for your service to the Lord all these years. All right. Amen. Well, again, give her a hand again. Thank you so much for being with us today. <laughs> All right, let's stand together. We'll worship the Lord with another song or two.
finding myself at a loss for words and the funny thing is it's okay the last thing I need is to be heard but to Finding myself in the midst of you beyond the music, beyond the noise. All that I need is to be with you and in the quiet hear your voice. Finding myself at a loss for words, and the funny thing is, it's okay. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Even when we're lost for words, the Lord knows, and he intercedes for us with prayers and words that we could never think of by ourselves. You may be seated. I'm going to ask the, all of you to turn, if you have your Bibles, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but then I'm going to also ask all the boys and girls who would like to, to come on down here to the front. Let me talk to you just for a minute, give you a little word uh, uh, that maybe you can take with you as you go into class. And again, uh, moms and dads, adults who, who would potentially be helpers and workers, Look at these kids, look at their faces, understand they are the church of tomorrow, understand they're the missionaries of tomorrow, they're the pastors of tomorrow, they're the pastors' wives and missionaries' wives, the teachers and educational institutions, and so whether or not you are going to be able to influence them for the gospel of Jesus Christ depends on whether or not you're willing to inconvenience yourself and take that exam and that course for A.B. 506, which I want to tell you right now was, was really inspirational and informational, and I'm glad. I wish I had had that class back when I started ministry back a long time ago. All right, boys and girls, how many of you, how many of you have broken something? Let me see your hands. How many of you have broken something? And, and tell, what, what did you break? Don't remember who, what you broke? Was it... Do you, well, did you ever break something? A glass of water. Was it okay? Did you get cut? Oh, good, good. What'd you What'd you break? I, I also broke, broke a cup that somebody else Oh my goodness! Were you okay? Did you get cut? No. What? Yeah. What did you break? 
a what? Snow globe? Ooh. I've always wondered what, how they got all that stuff in there. A snow globe. It was water. And water and snow. Oh, cool. How many of you have ever torn something? Like a shirt? <laughs> how many of you have ever had a conversation when the preacher was talking? <laughs> have you torn something? A plate? You broke a plate? Had you already eaten the food? Oh, no. That's the worst. All right. How many of you have a mom or a dad or someone else who fixed what you broke or cleaned up what you broke or sewed what you tore? Put your hand up if you had somebody who did that. Okay. Guess what? God made Adam and put him in a garden. And you know what Adam did? He broke it. He broke the garden by disobeying God. And so God had to fix it, and God sent his son to die on the cross so that he could fix it. And he wants to fix every broken thing in our heart, every broken thing in our life. So be sure to trust Jesus as your Savior, okay? Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Can we all bow our heads just for a moment? Let's bow our heads. We're going to pray. I can't see her name. Is her name Jake? Jory? Judy? Hi. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd bless these young kids. Lord, we love them. We thank you for loving them. Thank you for giving them to us. Pray that, Lord, the devil would never get them, but that you would have them for their entire life here on earth and forevermore. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And all the kids said, amen. God bless you. And go ahead and go to your classes. Yes. Huh? How's what? Oh, it's good. It's really good. Thank you. All right. You going to go to class, William? Or you want to preach? Okay. All right. There you go. ahead and go to class. There you go. <laughs> All right. Today, as you would have guessed, uh, and as we taught last week, the main name of Christ our Savior was Jesus in the New Testament. And uh, there are some titles, though, uh, also ascribed to him, just as in the case of the names of God in the Old Testament. Uh, a lot of them were actually titles, so it is in the New Testament, and I'm going to attempt to share four of them this morning. The first one is the last one. Now, that may be confusing, but the first one is the last one because it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45 through 47. I'm reading from the NLT. The Bible says the scriptures tell us the first man in time or order. That The meaning of the, of the construction of the Greek here is the first man in time and order. So the very first of the human race, Adam, became a living person. Now the name Adam is found nine times in the New Testament. Eight of those nine times, it refers to Adam who was created by God Almighty, who lived in the garden, who then fell into sin. Uh, but one time, it refers to Christ. And so this is the reference that has that in just a moment. It says the last Adam, that is Christ. So that's why the first is last. First title we will talk about is actually the last. It, there was Adam, and then there's Jesus who is referred to here uh, as the last Adam. Uh, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. In other words, uh, he, to breathe or to blow, and we know that he <sighs> exhaled and man became a living soul. Now, that blowing or that breathing uh, created the soul, the immaterial part of man that's held in common with uh, animals. Uh, one's understanding of, of this word's relationship to related biblical terms is contingent on his position, whether he's a dichotomist or a trichotomist. A dichotomist uh, believes that there's basically two parts to every human life. There is uh, first of all, the body, the physical part, the part that you have to have uh, surgery on every so often, and the part we have to pamper and take care of and tend to, and the part that kind of falls apart after a little while, uh, that's, that's the physical part, but then there is the soul. As a dichotomist, they would believe uh, that the soul is life consciousness. Now, an evolutionist, actually, who is a, uh, not a theist, but a, 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 an atheist, would actually agree with you that there, there is the material part and the immaterial part. There is the physical body, and then there is the life consciousness part. However, if you are a biblical Christian, you are a trichotomist, you believe there's three parts, just as there are three parts to the Godhead, Father, Son, 
and Holy Spirit. So there are three parts to us. There is the material, the physical. There is the secondly, life consciousness. And then thirdly, there is the spiritual connection uh, that is dead, that needs to be born again. It's dead because uh, in this passage, the first Adam. In the first Adam, we all die. In the last item, uh, Adam, we can all be made uh, alive. So the first man was made from dust, it says in verse 47, uh, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven or came from the heavens or the skies. So, uh, so we here have life consciousness. A, an animal has, most animals probably have life consciousness. They, the, a dog or cat, a horse, uh, whatever animal pretty much uh, that you want to mention, that's a, a higher form of animal, maybe a, amoeba, I'm not so sure, uh, but a higher form of animal has life consciousness. They know they exist. Don't tell your kids this, but they don't know God. They don't know if he exists or not, which doesn't mean they won't be, there won't be animals in heaven. doesn't mean that. God created the animal life, and he said it was good. And so, who knows, perhaps, I know this, that it talks about uh, him returning in the second advent on horses. So, it would appear that there are horses there, so maybe there are dogs. Most of my dogs I would love to see again. <laughs> so, what is different here is that the animals did not receive the breath of God, okay? They were, they were spoken into existence by the eternal all-powerful word of God, but they did not receive the breath of God. Humans did receive the breath of God because when God formed Adam out of the dust of the earth, he then breathed upon him and man became a living soul. Uh, so this third element is God consciousness. So as Adam was the federal head of the human race, so now Christ is the federal head and he's the last Adam there will be. He's the last federal head of all of, uh, of us and our spiritual lives, uh, the last and eternal federal head. So the first Adam was a figure of the second Adam. In Romans chapter 5, verse 14, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, they died as Adam died. Uh, now, Adam is a symbol, it says, Paul writing to the church at Rome, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. The name Adam appears 30 times in Scripture altogether. I think I said um, nine times or eight times, nine times in the New Testament alone, but 30 times in Scripture. And the original Adam was created in innocence, not in perfection. Created in innocence and given commands to tend the garden, to go forth and multiply, to replenish the earth, and also to refrain from one particular tree. Could eat of all the other trees, uh, but not of this one tree. So this was a test, uh, and consequently, he fell into sin. It was Adam. Uh, guys like to point out it was Eve that ate the apple. First of all, it wasn't an apple, okay? Secondly, uh, Eve ate of it and gave to Adam, and he went, well, well duh, I guess I'll go. You know, if you believe the present-day representation of mankind on television were some kind of cave dwellers, knuckle-draggers, and all of that. I don't know. But, but Adam, with his full mind about him, took the fruit, whatever it was, and ate of it. And, and consciously, purposely, with intent, defied the living God. I, I don't know what his reasoning was, but uh, I, I, we can all imagine. I don't know. But, uh, but anyhow, the original Adam created an innocence but transgressed. And so every, because he's the federal head, everyone born after him has a sin nature. So we have sins, personal sins, and we have a sin nature. The nature that we have is part of, it's, it's in our genetic code, so to speak, and it's what causes us to transgress the word of God. And there's not a person who's ever lived except for one who has not transgressed God's law. In Psalm 51, 5, uh, David said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. The new, new L, NLT says, For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. By the way, there's a good pro-life argument right there. He was born a sinner from the moment he was conceived. 
not from the moment he became viable, not from the moment that it was a certain number of weeks. He, from the time he was conceived, he was a sinner and had uh, sin, sin nature. So uh, he says, in, in sin was I, uh, did my mother conceive me? Now, some people confuse, I think some religions confuse this and say that the sexual intimacy, the act of sex is itself sinful and therefore uh, caused great harm and, and became responsible for the sin nature. That's not it at all. God commanded their intimate relationship. God made them to be intimate with each other. God created a man for a woman, a woman for a man, created them, two of them, to become one. Not a polygamy situation. It wasn't God's will. Well, David had many wives, so I guess I can. No. Uh, it, it wasn't that. Solomon, you know, uh, what, 300 wives, 600 concubines? I used to say that's a ton of pantyhose hanging over the shower rod, but nobody wears pantyhose. So uh, anyhow, uh, sexual intimacy was not sinful. Conception was not sinful. What was sinful and still is sinful was the psalmist's nature when he was conceived. It was already marred by sin. And by implication, so was mine. So was my wife's. So was yours, so was all of ours. And Romans 5, 15 says, there's great di difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of one man, Adam, brought death to many. Even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through, his, through this other man, uh, Jesus Christ. So the second Adam was born holy, not the nature of Adam was not passed through the federal head of Adam because there was no human father. Uh, so you have Mary uh, conceiving uh, the Christ child, the body that Christ would indwell, uh, conceiving that body through the agency of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, and, and he was born holy and remained sinless throughout his 30-some years of existence. And his victory over death, he became the federal head of the redeemed race. So this morning, you're in one of two classifications. There is no third one. You're either in Christ or you're in the flesh. You're in Adam. One or the other. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. What was lost in the first Adam can be more than made up for in the second Adam because that entitles us or allows us to have the privilege of heaven forever and ever and ever. So just notice in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22, in Adam all die, but the contrast is in Christ we're all made alive. In verse 45, in Adam we become a living being, a living physical being. In Christ we become a living spirit. That spirit will live forevermore. In verse 47 of 1 Corinthians 15, Adam was formed from the dust, but Jesus came down from heaven. In Adam all his race was lost, but Christ the Lord from heaven, regarding not it's fearful cost, true life to man have given. So are you in Christ or are you still in Adam? Secondly, and our praise team so good about always uh, coordinating the music with the messages, uh, the advocate in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My dear children, and it's used figuratively here, John uh, saying, my dear children, uh, I'm writing this you to, to you so that you will not sin, in other words, so that you won't miss the mark, not just the habit of sinning, but even an individual sin. But if anyone does sin, we have a what? An advocate. We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. Now, I was surprised to find out the Greek word for advocate here was something I would never have guessed. It's the, the word parakaleo, which is the same word for comfort. So when, God, when Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter, I'm going to send you another parakaleo, uh, but it's also the, the, the word that's in 1 John chapter 2, uh, verses 1 and 2, when it talks about we have an advocate, uh, which means to comfort, to encourage, or exhort. Uh, it, it is a verbal adjective here, and it refers to uh, aid of any kind, but in Greek writing, it's used of a legal advisor, or a solicitor, or a lawyer, or an attorney, uh, so a legal advisor, pleader, proxy, or advocate, uh, one who comes forth on, on behalf of and is a representative of someone else. So in 1 John 2, 1, Christ is 
termed uh, our substitutionary intercessory advocate, and Christ, Christ designates the Holy Spirit as a paraclete, and he calls him another, allos, another, which means another of equal quality, and not heteros, another of a different quality. So, okay, what did I mean by that? The, when Christ promised another comforter would come, he said that, that's the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, so the Holy Spirit was a comforter, another comforter of equal worth, equal value to the Son of God because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all co-equal. It's not other as uh, of a different kind. It's other of the same kind, same quality, same worth, same value, same everything. The exact image, Christ is the exact image of God and, and the Holy Spirit is, is exactly uh, God, the Father, and the Son. So he is Jesus Christ, the one uh, who is truly righteous, he himself is the sacrifice who atones for our sin. And the word atones there is propitiation. I remember you preaching, Dennis, up here and talking about propitiation uh, on one occasion. And it means to expiate. It means to uh, leave us, uh, relieve us of our sinfulness, to take it away, not just cover it up, but to actually take our sins away. In the Old Testament, all the sins of the congregation were covered for one year by the blood of the sacrifice, but the blood of bulls and goats could never expiate, could never take away sin, could never, uh, could never uh, secure that. But Christ, who became the ultimate sacrifice, the last Adam, who died on the cross, his blood expiates us. It absolutely wipes the slate clean. And so he's a propitiation, not just for a few, but for everyone. It says here, not just for our sins, but for the sins of all the world. Folks, I don't want to get in any big debates, and I don't, but the fact of the matter, I don't, don't on this, I do on other things, but uh, this is not limited atonement. He said he, he not only uh, died for our sins, Paul said, but for the sins of the world. He, he died for the ruler in whatever the guy's name is in Korea and, and in China and Putin. He died for him. Uh, doesn't mean they're going to heaven unless they receive what Christ did for them uh, by grace through faith. But but the sins, the, the blood of Christ was so powerful that it was sufficient for the sins of the entire world. Now, the English word advocate is only found in this one passage in the entire Bible. Uh, and, and again, it's, it's comforter and, and other places. Since Satan is the accuser of the brethren, since the devil evidently has access somehow to God and accuses us, as he did Job. You remember the story of Job? He, he would say, yeah, well, he only praises you and serves you because you're so good to him. You've done all these wonderful things. You've made him rich. You've made him prosperous. You, you've blessed him with a huge family. He is somebody of social standing in the community. That's the only reason he serves you. You take that away from him, he'll curse you. And so Satan was allowed to take those things away from him, not touch him physically at first. And so then he goes back and he said, yeah, well, sure, he's still praising you because you haven't allowed me to touch him. You've, I mean, he lost everything else, but you haven't allowed me to touch him. And so, uh, so he does touch him. He's given that permission and that power. By the way, and this is a point ahead of time here, but all power, I mean, God is all powerful. And, and I got to thinking about that this morning. If all of the other power in the entire world were somehow accumulated into one entity, God's still more powerful than that. And when you stop and think about it, he's way more powerful because any power anyone has is only because of God. And he, only, he allows it. Satan would have nothing, and Satan will have no power whatsoever one day soon. So since Satan is the accuser of the brethren, we desperately need a qualified advocate, an attorney before the Father, pleading not our good works, but pleading the efficacy of Christ's blood to take away our sins. Hebrews 7.25, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. Our advocate is wise and learned. There's no one wiser than our Savior, than our advocate, than our no better attorney anywhere in the world. Uh, Colossians 2.3, In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom, and knowledge. He satisfies the law. In Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Aren't you glad for that? 
being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. In Galatians 4, 4, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Colossians 2, 13, You were dead because of your sins, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. And then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing to the cross. Okay, are you familiar with the term expunged? Some of you have real familiarity with that term. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, man, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, so, so not only does that mean that, uh, that, that that record might be sealed, but it, it's as if it never happened. And that's what happens when Jesus expiates our transgressions. It's not only covered and taken care of, it's not even on our record anymore because it's nailed to the cross and it was put on Christ and he died for that. So he satisfies the law. He has the judge's ear, John eleven forty two. You always hear me, Jesus said, but I said out loud for the sake of all the people standing by here so that they will believe that you sent me. When he talked to his father, he addressed his heavenly father. He did that out loud. He has the judge's ear. He honors the judge in John 17 and the whole, the whole 17th. Uh, uh, chapter of John, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. So God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are qualified to intercede on our behalf. They're not only legitimate, they're the only, rather, legitimate intercessors. The saints can't do it for you. Martin Luther can't do it for you. A preacher can't do it for you. A priest can't do it for you. In the confessional or not, he cannot be the one who takes away our sins. Not the Pope even, not Mary, as blessed as she was, as the mother of the Savior's body, the Son of God. Uh, not Joseph, no one, nothing else other than God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are qualified to intercede in our behalf. And I thank God today for, the, for his advocacy. I thank God that I won't have to stay. I used to preach. I don't know where I heard this when I was a kid. I used to preach that one day we're going to go into, you know, we're caught up in the rapture and, and God's going to crank up all the, uh, the what was, how many millimeter film was that back in the day? All the 30, huh? Eight mil. No, it was not. It was bigger than that. Uh, the big one. Uh, anyhow, the big, uh, yeah, 30 millimeter or whatever it was, Phil, I said, uh, and he's going to show what, you know, we did and then he's going to declare that it's all forgiven. And I was like, I don't want anybody to see this stuff. They're not. It's as if we've not sinned because of the work of our intercessor. By the way, there, there's a saying, something like, goes up like this, if one chooses to represent himself in a court of law, he has a fool for an attorney. And if we choose to represent ourselves before the court of the living God, we're foolish indeed because we have nothing upon which to stand. Number three, the third term here is the Almighty. Already made reference to this, so I'll just kind of hurry through it. In Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha, which is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. I am the Omega, which is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. In other words, I am the first and the last. And to emphasize, he says, I am the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come. So he's got it covered, A to, to Omega, A to Z, Alpha to Omega, uh, begin, I, I was, I am, and I always will be the Almighty, the Almighty, the Almighty. This is, the, this is equivalent to the Old Testament name Elohim, if you remember that. The Elohim, which is a plural form referring to a singular, <clears throat> but it was a plural form, <clears throat> and it, it was, he is the one who is created, able to create, and, and he has all power. In Revelation 15, 3, and they who got the victory over the Antichrist sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, referencing the victor over, over Pharaoh at the Red Sea, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lamb of God, uh, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Paul used this term, Almighty, in 2 Corinthians 6, 18, I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Apart from that, it's unique to the book of Revelation being found eight times there. So the Almighty has been with us during the whole history of human beings. 
Uh, he was there in the garden saying, Adam, where are you? Knowing full well where Adam was. Knowing full well what Adam had done. He was there in the garden. He's been, he was in the garden of Gethsemane. He's in the United States of America today. The, the Almighty has been with us always. And almightiness does not just refer to his great power, but to his sustaining resources. God's power is never shorted out. God's power never runs out. God's power is never defeated by any other power. God is almighty on behalf of his own. He is my almighty God, my almighty Father. Whatever jams I get myself in, he can get me out of. Whatever problems I have, he can fix. Whatever his will is, is the most important thing of all. He is almighty in judgment upon those who reject him as well. It is his almightiness that makes it so he is able to do so exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could possibly hope or ask or rather or think. And let me give you one more. Back up just a minute. The Alpha and Omega Found in Revelation 1.8, read it a few moments ago. Again, Alpha is the beginning of all revealed truth. Omega is the end of all revealed truth. Uh, all revealed truth. And, and this references everything. This is, he is everything. As Omega is our end, our, his glory is our goal. We have a, a kind of a mission statement or a vision statement. I'm not sure which it is. I always get those confused. I read up on them and I try, someone says, what's your mission statement? Uh, um, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's like my vision statement. What's your vision statement? Well, I think it's the same as my mission statement. I'm not sure. <laughs> Our purpose is to glorify God by producing fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That ought to be our mission at First Baptist Church. First of all, to glorify, I'm not here to glorify me. I'm not here to glorify you. I'm here to glorify God. How? By producing fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That's my goal. That's my goal. That's my desire in teaching and preaching and talking and counseling and guiding and helping and doing what I do is that we can produce fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We will enjoy him forever. God's perfect alphabet, thou art of truth, the kernel and the crown, eternal word to whom we bow, the Lord of glory renown, the first and last, O wondrous sight, the first and last of love and light, the alpha and omega true, inclusiveness of all between the sum total of old and new, of things invisible and seen, the first and last, O oh, precious thought, the first and last who sought and taught. So let me close with two questions and a statement. Two questions. Is it, first of all, first question, is he truly your all in all? Is he truly your all in all? Or is he kind of there if you need him? If I run out of my own ideas, if I run out of my own ways, if I run out of my own abilities, I can tap into him. Or is he your all in all from the get-go, from the very beginning? Secondly, is God all important to us? Or is something else more important? Or is someone else more important? And then the last thing, the statement, he should be our A through Z. I am the first and I the last. Time centers all in me, he said. The almighty God who was and is and evermore shall be. Is he yours? Would you bow your head with me, please? Is he your last Adam? Is he your advocate? Is he your almighty God? Can he do anything and everything that needs to be done? Is he your alpha and omega? Or are there other things that get in the way of him being your first and your last? Would you take a moment and talk to God right now? Would you just talk to him for a minute? Would you say, Lord, sometimes I let other things slip in between you and me. I know I shouldn't. I know it's wrong. Lord, sometimes I, I worry. I'm anxious. I'm fearful. God, I need not be. Lord, you're, you're my all in all. You're everything. Every good gift comes from you. 
every promise in the book that's, that's mine is empowered by you. Lord, you're everything. I pray, God, that I would lay my burdens at your feet. I pray I would trust you for whatever it is you need. Just talk to God. If you're not sure that he's your Savior, you're not sure that he's your all in all, then the most important thing you need to do today is to ask him to be your Savior, to ask him to forgive your sins, come into your heart, be your eternal God. And in case I can help with that, pray something like this. Dear God, I pray that you would forgive me of my sinfulness. I pray you would wash away my sin nature through the shed blood of your son. I trust you for everlasting life. I trust you for every need I have in this life. I trust you for all the needs I have for eternity. God, I lay my feet, myself at your feet. Save me for Christ's sake, I pray. If you prayed that prayer, on the table next to the sound booth, there are some bags with some literature in it. We want you to take one home with you. We want you to look at them. We want you to, to go over them. And if there's anything we can help you with, we want to be able to do that. But right now, Father, may your will be done in this service. Lord, and if there's someone who needs to come to be a member of this church, if there's someone who needs to come forward to have special prayer, if there's someone who needs to come and, and just, uh, Lord, make things right between you and them, rededicate their life, their heart. If there's someone maybe who needs to come to surrender their lives and say, here I am, Lord, send me. Like Isaiah said, God, here am I, send me. Maybe someone here you're calling to be a pastor. Maybe someone you're calling to be a missionary like the Kelly family. Whatever it is that you want us to do, God, may we be willing to do it in this invitation. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand, please? As we stand together, whatever you need, if I covered it, if I didn't cover it, I know one thing, if I didn't cover it, God has, and you know exactly what you need to do right now. So I'm gonna ask you to come. Uh, my wife is down here, ladies. If you need to pray with her and talk to her, I'm right here. Dennis is right here. Randy is right here, ladies. So come and tell us whatever it is you need to tell us. Come and ask whatever it is you need to ask, but do what God wants you to do as our praise team closes the service with the song.
good to be in the house of the Lord today. Thank you so much for showing up. If you're watching by way of Facebook or YouTube, if we can help you any way at all, please let us know. Father, we pray that you would go with us now for the rest of the day, that you would lead us and guide every step. God, we pray that you'd be glorified in our lives, for we ask it in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of the Lord's day.